0: How can you turn podcast guests into clients or strategic partners for your business? Stay tuned to find out. So welcome back to Podcasting for Consultants, the show that takes you behind the scenes and where we open the kimono to reveal my agency, Spotlight Podcasting's playbook, to give you the strategies we've used to implement some of the most successful podcasts bringing in revenue for consulting firms. Now, today's topic is core to how you can make sure that your podcast is a revenue generating machine. What we'll cover is, first of all, getting clear about who your ideal guest is for the show. Secondly, we'll go into outreach systems, how to find guests for your show, how to reach out to them, exactly what you should say and what channels you should use. And finally, we'll talk about the whole end-to-end process from pre-interview to interview and the follow-up. So the first thing we want to do is think about defining our ideal guest avatar and this is a little different from what a lot of people do when they start out with podcasting where they think of their ideal listener first and i suppose it makes sense to a certain extent your mind immediately goes to well who's going to be listening to this thing and how can i create content that appeals to the buyers of my services or offering However, that isn't actually such a great way to think about podcasting strategy. Instead, the more direct route is to actually feature ideal clients on your show as guests. That's the way that you build relationships immediately that often lead to revenue. So instead of just sitting back and hoping that your ideal clients will somehow discover your podcast and listen to it, Instead, you're, you're going out and proactively reaching out to those clients and getting them as guests on the show. And so when we think about who would make an ideal guest, obviously you want to think about your most profitable clients that you've worked with or the decision maker who's going to be responsible for you coming in to work on a consulting engagement. So that could be head of procurement or project manager. Obviously, it's going to be context specific. So there there are two good questions to ask yourself here. First of all, What's your most profitable client or type of project that you work on? And secondly, which clients do you enjoy working with the most? And sometimes you just need to figure out what's what's the right balance. A problem some people run into is if they serve lots of different kinds of clients, they might think of actually interviewing all of them. We would suggest it's better to be specific here. So try and pick one. One way of making this decision a little easier Uh, Credit goes to a chap called Taki Moore for for this idea. Flip a coin, assign tails to one option, heads to the other, and flip it. Once it's landed, think to yourself, whilst the coin was still in the air, which side do I wish it had landed on? And that's your answer. So once you've picked your ideal client, you want to get quite specific. You want to make sure that you've captured all the details about your primary ideal client or guest. And that includes demographics, psychographics, their current work situation, what their goals are, their challenges, their fears, their needs, their wants, their pain points, their motivations. And that will make it a lot easier for you to actually go out and identify your guests out in the wild. And this is where a limitless test or a sanity check would be to go to say LinkedIn, or Sales Navigator on LinkedIn and see if you can easily pull up a list of, you know, 10 to 20 or so of them, specifying where they work, what industry, and so on. And this moves into our approach to guest outreach and systems. So you basically want to start building a list of your ideal guests. There are lots of ways you can do this. I've already mentioned LinkedIn, but there are also conferences. If you can find lists of speakers from conferences, that's a good place to go to. And often a lot of those people are looking to get in front of an audience and speak. There's also communities where your ideal clients hang out. Often if you simply just post in a group, let's say a Facebook group, and ask if people are interested in being interviewed on a podcast, you always get a massive response from that. On one of the shows that we worked with, our client was looking to interview CEOs of high growth companies. So what we helped him with was going through the Fortune 500 and Inc 5000 fastest growing companies. We took that list and we identified, you know, who the founders were and went through a process of finding their contact information. Another quite obvious way of finding more guests for your show is to ask people who've previously been interviewed, If they have any suggestions again having a very clear idea of who your ideal client or guest is very helpful here to make sure that you're getting the right people on the show and when it comes to tracking your outreach it doesn't need to be anything too complicated you can just use a a simple spreadsheet for it basically some means of identifying who you've already reached out to and what stage of the process they're in There are also some really great tools uh, that we use. Probably our favorite one for this is one called Streak. Uh, Streak is a very lightweight contact relationship management system, and it's also great for managing outreach campaigns. It's basically an add-on to Gmail. If you use Gmail, it's fantastic. It just slots right in, and it allows you to do mail merges. So basically reaching out to multiple people, but personalizing each email with variables. Uh, Streak does a lot more than that. It allows you to template out emails and so forth. And if you're looking to just try it out first, it's free for up to 500 contacts. There are a lot of other tools that will also help you do mail merge if you want to use something else. Uh, There's yet another mail merge. There's Gmass, and there's also Mixmax. Mixmax is another tool that integrates really well with Gmail. And it allows you to set up these email sequences where you can include an embedded calendar within your email. So it means, that means less friction for people to choose a convenient time. And then once they've chosen that time, it will automatically exit out of that sequence as well. It will say, hey, this person's already booked. You don't need to send them another follow-up email to get them onto the show. Now, when it comes to how many emails you should send out, what they should say. So the first email uh, that you send out to potential guests You want to keep it pretty short, You don't need to go into too much detail, but you do want to try and personalize it if possible. So if there's something they've published or done recently, you can check that out and mention it. If you've had other guests that they may know on the show, you might want to name drop them, but you don't need to go too overboard because chances are if you've already framed the show around your ideal guest, it will be a bit of a no brainer to them. And at the end of that first email, you want to give a very easy yes or no question. I wouldn't introduce scheduling straight away, you just want to know if they're interested or not. And if they say they're interested, then you can follow up with another email to work out scheduling. If they don't reply, they're busy, uh, or they haven't seen the message, you wanna send out a second email a couple of days later to say, hey, we'd still love to have you on, let us know if you're interested. Again, short and sweet, don't need to go too overboard. Now by the third email, if they've seen your previous messages, It may still be that they're interested, but they're a little bit apprehensive. They don't know what to expect. They're maybe nervous of being on an interview. So that's where it's a good idea to suggest jumping on a call to talk it over. And this can be your basically your pre-interview call. So that way you might put them a little bit more at ease. And then if you still haven't heard back from them, this is where we send the fourth email, the final one, where we basically say, look, haven't heard from you, but we still love to have you on. You know, doors are always open. So that way you're not annoying anyone by emailing them forever, but you're also indicating that you'd love to have them on as a guest. Now, there are a couple of other tools that you can use uh, during this outreach process to personalize things even a little bit more. So what I'm very keen on and I've seen people respond to really well is using video. So using tools like Bonjoro, BombBomb or Loom, Uh, to send short video recordings where they can see your face and they, they know it's a real person, it's a real human and that it's not something that's just fully automated. Obviously, in addition to email, you should also be considering other social media touch points. Often, especially in a B2B setting, a combination of LinkedIn and email works quite well. So you can do the initial outreach on LinkedIn and then move it to email. Or if you just don't hear from people on LinkedIn, then you just go straight to email. With LinkedIn, you can also send, with LinkedIn, you can send those video messages. You can also send audio messages as well. If you want to get a little bit clever about this, uh, you can also use a tool called Slide Broadcast. So if you have the phone numbers of the people you'd like to bring on the show in your contacts, you can use a tool called Slide Broadcast to record a message that will be delivered to their voicemail and they'll be able to call you back straight away. And it's also ringless voicemail. So it just goes straight to their voicemail. So you can choose to record personalized messages for each person mentioning their name, or you could just record a generic uh, voicemail that can be sent out to all your guests you'd like to bring on. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't go too overboard. Uh, We usually like to reach out to no more than 10 people At any one time we would say reaching out to no more than 10 people a week is a good rule of thumb and in terms of response i would say in terms of full acceptance rate like it's not uncommon to see people agree to come on a show uh, from reach out to being interviewed on a show at about an 80 percent acceptance rate so that is pretty good for people who are usually very difficult to get on the phone just one or two tools To mention, I do love my tools. Uh, There's one called Rebump, which you can use to automatically send those follow-up messages and sequences if people don't reply. And a similar tool to that as well is Boomerang as well. All these tools, they work absolutely great in Gmail and G Suite and so forth. Okay, great. So if you're following me up until now, we've got our list of potential guests put together. We've reached out to them. We've got a whole bunch of people who've agreed to be interviewed on your show. What next? And so what I'll do now is take you through the whole kind of end-to-end process as we see it. Obviously there's the interview, but that's just one piece of the whole equation. And in actual fact, most of the magic happens outside of the interview, outside of the recorded part. So the first part is really pre-interview, what happens before the interview. What we often find works really well is when people set up a separate call to talk to people before the actual date of the interview. And why do, you, why do we do this, you might wonder? Well, obviously you want to set your guests up for success. You want them. You want this to be a really great interview experience. You want to make sure that the content really shows them in the best light possible. So obviously having some kind of pre-interview process will help set them up for success. So that's one, but this part of the process is also very important to build rapport and start building a relationship. I think it's so common for people to do podcast interviews where you feel like you're just going through a revolving door. (laughs) You know, it's basically you come on a call, do the interview like great and you never hear from them forever. So the idea of the pre-interview call is to really start building a more of a relationship than just a simply transactional interview process. It will also, you know, really make you stand out and hopefully create better content as well than a lot of other interview podcasts. So going through this pre-interview, so let's, dive, let's look into the detail of this pre-interview. What do we want to do on this, on this pre-interview call? Well, first thing, as I mentioned, is build rapport. So just get to know them a little bit. So again, I think this pre-interview call is a really good thing to have early on so that you put people at ease, you really let them know what to expect. It makes preparation easier on both sides and you get to break the ice. And in this pre-interview, you also want to see if you can basically pull out some good discussion points that you can that you can talk about in the eventual interview and in some cases you know if they're very opinionated they probably will have a lot of really great things to talk about however in some cases people might not have such a clear idea of good talking points for the podcast And this is where you can ask some questions to to try and pull out some of their perspectives or opinions. And one question that works quite well for this is uh, Peter Thiel's classic question about establishing contrarian views. So... What's one deeply held belief in your industry that you fundamentally disagree with? Or what's something in your industry that you think people fundamentally misunderstand or are missing out on? What works really well as well is if you can ask them about, you know, some career successes, some great case studies of theirs, and if they can refer to numbers or stats. This can be extremely helpful for creating a headline or a title for the episode and it also shows them in a really great light. So if they have any stories that relate to maybe someone very well known in their industry, or if they're willing to open up and be vulnerable, a story of how they took a failure and turned it into a success is also a great way to frame the episode as well. Another thing I find is quite helpful during the pre-interview is to also ask them what are their pet peeves, or what are their favorite things about being interviewed on podcasts. If they've been interviewed before on other shows, or even, interviews they'd listen to, are there things they really like about them and are there things that really annoy them? And that will obviously give you a clear indication of things to watch out for and be mindful of during that interview. And lastly, if possible, it's a good idea to try and qualify your guests as well to establish whether there may be some sort of sales or referral opportunity. And the earlier you can establish that, the better. So next it comes to the interview and ideally at the end of that pre-interview process you also book them in for the, the interview and what I actually like to do usually is pull up the scheduling platform I'm using my Canonly page and even if they're not filling it in directly pulling it up for myself switching the time zone to whatever time zone they're in and then reading off the times to them and that way when I book them through my scheduling system it triggers off all the other reminders and automations and things that are supposed to happen for the interview. So that just ensures that everything happens in a systematic way. So when it comes to the interview, by now you've already got a good outline. You already know a series of questions. Your guest has probably had some time to reflect on your previous conversation. So prior to the interview, maybe he has some additional points he would like to bring up. Again, you wanna make sure that you're not just going straight into the interview and being super transactional, but building some more of a rapport. And then you go through the interview and one thing that is worth doing is just making sure you really do listen and ask follow-up questions. And this is really a skill that I find over time. I know myself, when I first started interviewing people, it was very easy for me to just have this massive list of questions and just rattle through the questions without really properly listening to the answers. So you do wanna try and avoid that if possible. One of the chaps we worked with, he had an interesting process where he didn't do a massive amount of research on his guests before the interviews, But instead he had this one question, which he had figured out would provide the best responses and insights he was looking for. And he just used the same question for every interview. And he would lead with that question. And after he asked it the person responded, he would just pause and just think. And then he would just ask really good follow-up questions. And that just made him stand out so much compared to just about any other interview his guests have been on. So listening is really important. I know it's very hard when you first get started, you're gonna be nervous, no doubt about it, but the more you practice this, the better you'll get. There's more uh, that goes into interview structure. You can create segments. There are a bunch of other things which we'll probably go into in the later episode. But after that interview is finished, a good thing to do is ask some follow-up questions about some of the things they mentioned during the interview. And this is where things they're challenged with, Their goals, their aspirations are really great things to dive a little bit more into because this is a way of potentially furthering the relationship and seeing how you can be of service or help to them. And if you've established by now that there is a possibility that you can help them, maybe there are some introductions you can make that would be helpful. And if appropriate, maybe your services or what you provide as a business, as a consultant could be of help to them. That's where it's a good idea to book them onto a follow-up call. And again, this is how you're gonna really stand out from the rest of these interviews where it's just that revolving door. So ideally you book them onto another call where you'll be able to share the resources or introductions or exactly how you can help them. And then also just make sure that you have a, a bit of a checkpoint to also just check back in on them, see how they're doing, follow up on anything you've spoken about. Another nice thing to do is to send them a gift of some sort to thank them for coming on the interview. Again, this is a way you can really stand out, particularly if the gift is quite personalized. And this is something you can build into your whole process. Early on, you can try and um, pick up on any passions or hobbies they might have where you could send them a gift that really shows that you've put thought into something that would be meaningful to them. And they'll obviously appreciate that thought. Now, if you've gone through this whole process, you've delivered a huge amount of value up front to your your guests. And granted, you can't expect every single guest you bring on to turn into a client or a friendship or a relationship. But if you do follow this process, over time you will start to create this really great professional network. Another thing I just come to think of it that I should have probably mentioned is it does also help to, if you can, do this in person. Now, obviously, that only applies if your your clients are, are local. And even though you can record a podcast perfectly fine remotely, having the excuse to go and do it in person is also a great opportunity to build more of a relationship. So to sum up, we've talked about defining your guest avatar, which should be your most profitable client or decision maker. You also wanna make sure they're actually fun to work with. You wanna make sure that you can ideally identify them quite easily. There are different channels you can consider like LinkedIn, conferences, conference speaker lists, communities, and you want to gather all those people into a list that you can then create an outreach campaign, turn that into a system where you're able to track what stage of the process they're in. You've got this 4 email or message sequence that you can use that's low friction. You can personalize the process by using video tools like Bonjour, Loom, or sending audio messages. I mentioned our our favorite lightweight CRM option for doing these outreach campaigns over email streak. And then we've also covered the end-to-end process from pre-interview building rapport through to doing the actual interview and following up and nurturing the relationship if you have any questions about the process do feel free to reach out you can find me on linkedin Uh, that's at jonathan bailey strong it's a bit of a mouthful and hard to spell but if you just look me up by my username j-o-n-b-s-t-r-o-n-g or john b strong you can find me there And as always, if you're looking to launch a show and you would like someone to manage all this process for you, that's what my agency's for, Spotlight Podcasting. So feel free to reach out and get in touch. You can find us at spotlightpodcasting.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking about naming your podcast and a couple of other core assets you'll need to have in place before you launch your show. So until next time, take care. Catch you on the flip side. JBS in the house, that's a wrap. Booyakasha.